Welcome to This One's On Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Nia. On this podcast, I have conversations that are real and relatable. Join me weekly to be a part of the conversation. Let's get straight to it. Hey y'all, welcome back to This One's On Purpose podcast. I'm excited about today's episode. I am talking with Sabrina, who is a cancer survivor. I don't even like saying survivor, I like saying thriver. So um, I'm going to let her introduce herself and we're just going to explore basically the ins and outs in the afterlife after beating cancer. So Sabrina, um, introduce yourself to the podcast. (laughs) Well, first, um, thank you so much for having me on. I truly appreciate being able to talk about this. Um, Very rarely do you hear this conversation because the story does not always end well. (laughs) So very grateful to be able to even like have this conversation. Um, But my name is Sabrina Renee. I am um, originally from Miami, Florida. And uh, I am currently in Atlanta. I am a private chef among many other entrepreneurial efforts <laughs> um, with a background in art and marketing, which obviously like as a marketing person is very easy to like fit myself into like spaces because the base of everything is pretty much marketing. So, <laughs> so um I, along with being a private chef, I also have my own um, CBD company and we sell, and we sell um, infused like body butters um, and things of that sort. Definitely like launching it off in the spring for sure. And we sell um, resin trays, ashtrays, grinders and things for like flower products and other herbs uh, and and moving into just creating like more equity and space in um, in in that industry as well. Yes. Um, I went to Howard. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and I lived in D.C. for 10 years. Um, and that's where a large part of my entrepreneurial like work began and was like birthed Mm -hmm. obviously there are a lot of um thriving um you know african-americans in the dc area Mm -hmm. and it was very enlightening to see what people can do when they unify and actually like um stick to it and and really have a passion for supporting the community um so that's pretty much my background um and and what i'm working in now here in atlanta Yes. Yes. We love that. All that. All that. That's like a lot. I'm just like, wow. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I guess we can just start by saying like your journey. I think just basically from talking to you, I'm like, man, this story is just so powerful and it's so crazy. So I'm gonna let you, you know, you know, talk about the cancer that you had and that you beat and just how how it all happened to you, basically, mm-hmm. and what exactly it was, because I've never heard of that. And again, like you're so young. So it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I'm 36. Uh, Two years ago, 2019, I had just turned 34. Literally, this was like three days after my birthday. I um, was woke up from a nap on a day off. Gratefully, it was a day off. (laughs) Um, Woke up from a nap, went to use the restroom and I passed out 
while using the restroom. I came to on the bathroom floor and I was like, what the hell is going on? Um, I kind of like struggled literally through like the next, we felt like forever. It might've been a short amount of time, but I like w- crawled to my bedroom. I tried to, I thought I was maybe just overheating. So I like stripped all the way down. I'm like, trying to breathe I'm trying to like get air um I was um like I laid I tried to like get to the bed to lay on the bed and that wasn't working it was just like I knew that something was off Mm -hmm. and then I moved from the bed and I tried to walk to the door and I passed out before I even got to the door so I passed out twice and then um I'm just like okay so something is clearly not right so I crawl out to the living room I'm trying to like get to my phone and called um 911 and they were able to come come get me and I was rushed to the hospital and within a like a day or two of being in the hospital they ran all of the tests and they were telling me that it was definitely cancer it was uterine cancer and um within you know weeks of that I was able to discover that it was what they were saying it was between stage three and four they couldn't really lock it down Mm -hmm. but essentially it was what they determined was like late stage Mm -hmm. and so um from that point I really, I actually spent like a week in a hospital. I didn't even tell anybody that I was there because I was, um, didn't really know what was going on. And I didn't really want to create like hysteria Mm -hmm. if potentially it wasn't as bad as they were saying, you know? Um, so I wanted to know for sure before I told anybody, which is crazy because Mm -hmm. anything could have happened in that. Right. (laughs) But, you know, but, um, to be, to be honest, like I knew which is, you know, what we can get into this, but like, I knew I was going, before I even knew I was going to be okay, I knew I was going to be okay. Yes, yes. You know, so there was just something in me that was just like, it's okay for you to wait this week because you're still going to be here in a week, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I was, and I was able to tell folks and um, my family. And once I actually got like a real diagnosis, that's when I, told my family and um and then from then on it was just like immediate treatment Mm -hmm. um which involved chemo it involved um it involved two rounds of chemo so the first round was um like three months the second round was three months as well Mm -hmm. and um the first round was every week the second round was um the second round was um every other week I believe and and like even now it's like super foggy because that's like a side effect the chemo is like brain fog and you know all of those things but um but yeah so I so I went through that between those two sessions I had a hysterectomy Mm -hmm. um never I've never had children so that was just something I had to give it was either you know it was just something I had to give up Mm-hmm. to have like the best fighting chance of mm-hmm. surviving through it. So um yeah, one round hysterectomy and then like the cleanup round, which is what they called it, to go back in and make sure that there were no cells left and they could get rid of any other things that could have potentially been outside of the zone in which they did the surgery. Mm-hmm. Um so that's so that was that. And so um it's been a year since I 
had my last chemo session. I actually just got my chemo port out last month. Yeah. And I know. And, um, and, and it's been, it's been really like, I'm super grateful. Everything worked out as perfectly as it possibly could. Like I could not have asked for a better journey through this. Um, just given the, just the process and, and the things that happened. I went to a university hospital, which I mean, I went to a city hospital, which, you know, a lot of people have bad thoughts about the community hospital mm-hmm. and working in the food industry. You know, I didn't have health insurance. That's where I had to go. And um, it worked out literally better than it could have worked out going to any other place and spending you know, some other crazy amount of money that I would have spent going to a more expensive, more posh cancer center. Mm-hmm. You know, I just so happened to have um, doctors that worked at the fancy cancer center were also working at the community mm-hmm. cancer center at the hospital that I was at. So I was actually getting doctors from a fancy cancer center at the community hospitals cancer center, mm-hmm. you know, and my doctors have all been doctors that work at that fancier cancer center. So that's like, I, you know, I did not have to spend crazy amount of money. Um, I was able to be in a space where I felt comfortable. There were other people who looked like me. I didn't mm-hmm. feel, you know, yeah. and, um, and, and literally I have created like the greatest relationship with, the doctors um, that have been on my case. And so I, you know, super grateful (laughs) overall. Yeah. And that's crazy that like, going back to like you said, like you had that knowing that you were going to be okay. And that's something that I wanted to talk about because my mom, she had breast cancer and she, I believe she was in like stage four. Um, So I wanted to know, like, was it ever like kind of, a denial and then like when did you realize that okay this is not just an attack on my body this is going to be attack on my mental as well mm-hmm. my mental as well and that you had to be like mentally strong because like you could have given up and been like oh my god you know I have cancer and like you know just kind of cancer um I I have always and I'm very grateful for this I've I've always been a person that saw that the glass half full. Mm-hmm. So that's just something that's just always been within me. And so I'm grateful for that. But I also went through, you know, certain trials and tribulations and emotional strain and other things like literally right before that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's crazy to think about how, you know, we grow, we go through life and we have situations that are really horrible and we can't seem to get over them. And then we do. And then we get to the next situation and it's like, oh, shit, I thought the last situation was really bad, but this is really bad. And then you have you go through that and then you have like the next situation and you're like, wow, I thought the last two things were crazy. This is even crazier. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I feel I've always kind of felt like um, and, and even more so now it's been extremely apparent that if you if you 
have the courage to face the things that you need to face, Mm -hmm. then you will gain the skills that you need to face the next thing. Mm -hmm. And every Every struggle that you go through is an opportunity for you to gain skills that will continue to push you in this like progressive way Mm -hmm. um, and moving forward. And so um, it was very clear when they told me that it was like stage three, four. I was like, all right, this is this is real. (laughs) This is kind of serious, but it was also, but you know, it was also, like I said, from the very beginning, I had a very strong belief that I was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And then I had, um, I even had a moment in the hospital when I was in that week when I didn't tell anybody and the Mm -hmm. doctors were just like poking and prodding and testing and figuring stuff out. Um, I have went into one of another one of those like I don't know what it was when I passed out in the apartment I had that same experience in the hospital and it was actually good that that happened Mm -hmm. because they were able to witness it you know Um, but I remember like literally I passed out and I woke up and all the doctors were around me and stuff and I remember looking up and there was a doctor at the end of the bed And she looked so worried, but I also had this feeling looking at her that like, I don't know who she is or whatever, but everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And she just had this look, you know, that was like, I really want to help this girl. Mm -hmm. I really want to support her. And I think a lot of the doctors felt that way too, with me being as young as I was. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just like, there's no way that this could happen to this girl that's only 34. You know what I mean? So I really... um, felt all of those things and with just like all of these positive like kind of like positive affirming things that were happening the situation was obviously very grave but I could not ignore all of those positive feelings Mm -hmm. and 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 in that I just knew that you know I have to believe that something good is going to happen or else (laughs) Uh or else Uh you you know what I'm saying like what what other option do I have at this at this point and then also being a strong advocate even before then for like mental health for physical health for like the things you put into your body how they can affect you mentally Uh um and when I say that I don't even just mean like food I mean like you know the people you allow in your life the Uh people you allow into your your psyche your mental space all of that, um, you know, those things are really important and they really matter. And so I knew that. And so I was like, of all the things that I've been preaching and all the stuff that I've learned and all the experiences I went through, this is the time Mm -hmm. to show to yourself and to prove to yourself that you believe all that. Mm -hmm. And this is the time for you to do it because now you have a battle. Now you have an obstacle. Now you have a real thing to deal with. And all that stuff you've been preaching, all the stuff you say you believe in, the things you've been giving yourself, the the growth and the learning and all of the crazy stuff you've been through, this is the moment. Mm-hmm. So it's like, prove it. You know what I mean? And it was really like in my mind, I was like, I know I can get through this if I do all the things that I know is are good for you. And that's what I did. Like my diet changed completely. Mentally, I made sure that I was like focused on 
progression. I was focused on what was happening next. I still planned things for my business. I started two businesses while I was in treatment mm-hmm. because I was like, I have to believe that there is a future in order for mm-hmm. me to have one. Yeah. And, and that's what I did. And it really made a huge difference, a huge difference. Like even, you know, small things like making sure the windows were open during the day so I could have some sun. When I was feeling well enough, I would still go outside. You know, it was like, it was very important for me to still stay active um, and to just like not act like this was the end. Yeah. You know, I had, I had to really act like this was just a blip on the radar mm-hmm. in order for me to like get through. The- I wanted to talk about like, how was it for you to like have them see you and check on you? So like, how did you maintain like positive energy around you, but also not letting so many people close to you because at the same time it's COVID as well. Right. Um, so I dealt with the first six to eight months of treatment was pre-COVID. So I did have some time period in which like that wasn't a part of the situation. Mm -hmm. By the time I, by the time COVID had happened, I had already had the surgery as well. Mm -hmm. So I actually had the surgery in February of 2020, which was like the perfect time to do it. (laughs) It was right before everything like started shutting down and all of that. Um, So I, uh, you know, I was able to have communication and visits when I felt good, you know, from people before Mm -hmm. that. Um, Once COVID happened, of course, all of that shut down and it was, and I actually had to, wait some time before doing my next round of chemo because of COVID. So Mm -hmm. they pushed it back and all of that. But, um, you know, one of the things that really uh, was monumental during that time was the fact that my relationship with my family, although we had one, it wasn't consistent. Like Mm -hmm. it was, you know, I would talk to my mother, you know, every so often as well as my sister. And they literally like dropped everything that they were doing to come be with me. And that was extremely important to me. And it really meant a lot to me. And um, it really gave us time to spend time together that we hadn't been spending in the years previous to that. But like, even when it came to communication with my mom we we had it out a few times while she was here okay okay. and and a part of that though was this purge that my body was doing like mentally I also had like that was also happening Mm -hmm. and there were things that I hadn't communicated with my mom or ways Mm -hmm. that I felt that needed to come out so even you know so even through this being able to like purge those old things yeah. was, was was positive. You know what I mean? Like having the space, like had I not had this happen to me, I still might not have, it. Yeah. you know, and I might not have a, even a connection or a relationship with them that's more open now to be able to talk about things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think um, it also helped them like, you know, be able to, understand how important it is to be present Mm. and to um have connections with people and how like work and and this you know this um capitalistic like kind of system we're in and how that 
is super secondary mm-hmm. to like real life relationships and connections and happiness and health and all of that, you know? Um, but in that same process, when I talk about purging, like relationships in my life just yeah. fell out. And, um, and I was able to also see who was there for real. Yeah. Um, and that was very important because you can just be carrying around dead weight and not know it. And that was so, it was so extreme, like for me to come out of this with like less friends and less connections than I had before, but with the real people that were really supposed to be here and that are really able to support in, you know, positive movement and progressive movement. Like those people are here and that I'm super grateful for. Um, I also have a community through my brand Appetizer Atlanta and I used Instagram to um, keep people along on a journey. There were a bunch of people who were just like, where at, where is she? You know, I wasn't posting. It took me like three months to start posting um, and telling people what happened and everything. And, and uh, you know, they, they, came around and they gathered around and they supported me and they sent me positive messages and all of my past clients were just like so excited that um I was moving in a in a positive direction with everything and that I was still around <laughs> um but you know and, and then I released um the very first day of my second round of chemo was my 35th birthday Mm-hmm. which which gratefully I had made it another year yes. you know and so on that day I released spices um spice blends that I had been thinking about for years and I was like just do it and I released the spice blends on that day for my birthday and they sold out that day oh, wow. because the people were you know the community that I had created through the brand were also being extremely supportive so mm-hmm. you know it it just and even to that to that idea, like sometimes people don't want to put put out there that they are struggling or that they're going through a thing or that times are not as good or whatever. But you never know what type of support you have or what you can get or how people may relate to your story mm-hmm. if you don't speak about it. And so just in me being open and honest and true with people, like, you know, the support came flooding in and I, you know, appreciate everybody so much. So I think a part of things that I didn't know, and even my mom talked about this, is sometimes when a person is diagnosed with cancer or like, you know, a terminal illness, I never thought a person uh, not being able to like handle it. And they're not just like leaving you like, oh, screw you. Mm-hmm. I don't care, but it's just like too much for them to deal with. So they're, you know, fighting for their life. But some people, I guess it's, I guess too much to bear and to process mm-hmm. and to witness every day. And I just never really thought about that. So I wouldn't look at it as that person is selfish, but 
I just never looked at the flip side. I'm thinking, well, somebody's sick. They're going to have people like, did you ever like deal with that or have somebody say like, you know, I love you, but I have to support from afar because this is too much for me to see. I don't want to see you like this because I know you, I know you in your true light. And right now, like you're battling a sickness, like if that makes sense. Um, no, it, it definitely does. Um, I definitely, like, that's a very good question. Cause I have like personal connection to that happening. And I literally had, you know, like folks that had been around forever, which like, Oh, you'll be okay. And just, you know, and that was, and that was it. And I was like, all I ever heard. And they, you know, so what, I don't, like you said, I don't consider people to be selfish in that way because at the end of the day, when we talk about flip sides, I always want to put myself in the shoes of other people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if I was a person that was not able to connect or relate or could handle, like you said, something like that, um, I wouldn't want to feel obligated to be in a space where I felt like I couldn't handle it, you know, and we all have uh, needs and desires and we're all in control and in charge of our own destiny, our own sanity, our own happiness. Mm-hmm. So if that person feels like they can't be around, I don't want you there because if you feel like you can't handle it, for one, you're probably not going to be offering mm-hmm. what I need anyway. If if you already know you can't handle it, I don't, it's it's fine. Yeah. Um, but also I want you to do what you feel is necessary for you to continue on about your existence in a positive light. If that means that you can't be here, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I am still here and I'm still going to survive because just like you have a responsibility to your life, I do as well. And it's important for me to be able to thrive and survive mentally, yes. emotionally, physically, whether or not a person is there (laughs) because you have no guarantee that people are going to be around and when nobody's there how strong are you and how capable are you um are you of holding yourself up yeah and I think that's super important so I definitely try not to like center myself in those spaces you know um even if I'm going through battling cancer I'm still not going to center myself because you have your own things (laughs) everybody has their own things everybody's going through their own journey you know and so I never want to um prohibit someone or make someone feel obligated to my journey when you know you you, you know what I'm saying like I don't think even in even in regards to like relationships and things of that sort like you have to be you have to understand that you are you and you are whole and they just add to that mm-hmm. not that you need that yeah. in order for you to be whole you know that's a different concept and you have to remember that so you know it does it does suck because like I like I had said you really you really determine who um who will be there Mm. um and who can handle it but I also feel like there are different stages in life and just because that person couldn't handle it then doesn't mean they wouldn't eventually be able to we're all maturing at different levels as well you know Mm -hmm. so yeah like I said I try not to center myself but it does happen I think that happens with any type of like hardship that people go through you you discover who's like capable of dealing with 
things when it gets really hard and, and not everybody's capable of. on the phone and you know you don't really like think about well I don't really think about these things until like you know it's talked about and something that we talked about was like you know like your life after cancer and how everybody's like yeah like you beat it but how for you and I told you like I can only imagine like you're still processing stuff like you still mm-hmm. be it's Tuesday and like say you beat it a year ago, but you can be like, damn, our lives. So like, what does that look like? How does that feel? Just like speak to the fact that, yes, I beat cancer, but I I mean, yes. So the PTSD, the backlash, the, the whiplash, the debris of cancer survival is very, very real. And it's not something that people talk about as much or hear people speaking about as much because the conversation is always, it always goes back to, well, you're still here and, you know, be grateful that you survived. And there were so many other people who did it and you were one of the ones that did. So at the end of the day, you know, your issues are less significant because you should just be grateful that you survived. And I'm like, you know, uh, one of the things that I'm learning and I'm embracing in life at this point is, for one, there's nuance to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, two things can be true at one time. <laughs> and um, I am very, very grateful, obviously, to still be here. But there are so many things now that I am dealing with post-cancer that I did not deal with before. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, you know, anxiety is real. Mm-hmm. And I have always felt, I feel like most people kind of deal with being anxious in ways. Um, and it was something that I felt before, but was able to talk myself through. Mm-hmm. I never had physical, um, like reactions of mm-hmm. anxiety, but now I can feel my body going through that. Mm-hmm. And that's something that is, um, that's something that's very different. Um, just even thinking about like, it's interesting how often now I recognize that movies and TV shows go right to the story of somebody having cancer mm-hmm. instead of instead of like developing an, yeah. uh, an actual you know instead of like developing an actual story like I don't know twenty minutes into the story somebody coughs I already know we gonna find out twenty minutes later at the end of the movie that they have some sort of terminal illness. And nine times out of 10 is cancer. And it's just, to me, I'm like, you know, that's always the trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, even when you think about as much research and um, that I was doing during the time and finding grants and whatnot online, you know how now like ads come up for cancer centers all the time. Yeah. On my computer. It's really crazy how yeah. often, you know, you, you, um, how often I just like see those things. Um, and then when, you know, famous people or celebrities or people of, you know, influence pass, mm-hmm. that's always a reminder of like, oh, yeah, like I survived this thing, but it could still mm-hmm. at any point it could return. Mm-hmm. Technically, you're not cancer free um, until you have not had cancer or any reoccurrences for five years. Mm-hmm. So I'm still like I'm still have four years to go before technically, you know, and then even in that case. People live out 20 years and then it comes back, you know, so that's, yeah, that's crazy. Right. But it's always, it's something that you always have to be conscious of 
You don't have to be, but in in the sense of like how you um, treat your body, yeah. how you know, in in how you um, treat your your health mentally, the things you allow yourself to go through, and all of that, you have to be conscious of like, you know, I, my body was at a weekend space before, and it could go back to that. You cannot disregard the fact that that's a possibility if you don't take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. take care of your mental your your mental health and all of that um but it really just is uh a- along with just like not being able to I'm a very empathetic person but there are things now that I'm like I have less empathy towards just because like things that are like complaining about things that are within your control I like can't <laughs> You know, I can't deal with that type of stuff or just like people not wanting to face and deal with certain things. And so there's just like a lack of motivation or a lack of like accountability, accountability, or there's like fear or there are so many things. And like I I do at this point now, as much as I used to empathize with that and as much as I used to be one of those type of people, mm-hmm. this situation has transformed my whole perspective and my thinking into like I have way less fear I'm like I already had cancer like what's the worst mm-hmm. you know that could happen so I have like way less fear of things and it causes me to be like less empathetic in those ways and I have to talk myself down from being upset when I hear people talk like that because I'm just like my journey is not their journey. I can't expect them to see it from my perspective. You have to go through a thing like this in order to see what I, the way I see things. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't expect people to do that. So there are just so many. And even when it's like talking to family and friends and being like, you know, I'm still I'm still going through things. And sometimes folks are like, it's been a year. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <And> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, this was. Literally the most tumultuous, like craziest roller coaster I could have ever imagined myself being on. Yeah. And now I'm about to start working again and I'm having like anxiety about going to work, you know, and, and getting yeah. back into getting back into some sort of like rat race or whatever. That feels crazy. And then it's like the anxiety of of me like knowing that I don't want to be in a rat race. So how do I balance it? I have to mitigate my stress at this point. So like I was even at, um, at a comedy show and there was, I was the only person wearing a mask Mm -hmm. and the, one of the comedians was like, Oh, what you, you got, you got COVID. You the only one in here making, wearing a mask, making us all feel crazy. I'm like, well, sis, I almost died. And it's it's stuff like that where I'm just like, I have to take things more seriously. And some people don't, they looking at me crazy. And I'm just like, there are people going through things out here in this world and they're dealing with situations. And I feel as if like, if you haven't gone through that, you have no experience with it. It just, it's not even within your scope that mm-hmm. there could be a whole other reason why this person got on the mask. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, I think about that often because I have food allergies and I've worked in kitchens where people don't understand that you can't just like wipe this cutting board off that you had nuts on before and make somebody sent. You can't do that. 
because allergies are real and they kill people. (laughs) And if they tell you they have the allergy, you have to take it seriously. But some people don't have allergies, so they don't know. They they have no scope for how bad they can be, you know? And I'm just like, this is a crazy, serious situation. And some people just don't get it. But, you know, I just have to um, understand. I have to remind myself that, like, clearly... You know, I can't I can't expect people to get it. I just mm-hmm. have to give I've been finding myself being like I just have to give grace mm-hmm. to people, you yeah. know, just as much as I want people to give me grace. Mm-hmm. I have to be willing to give that grace as well. Yes. Yeah, that's all true. And then you know, I feel like people and myself included, it sometimes it's just like it's a, a ignorance to things. And so I feel like we have to be better um, at educating ourselves and wanting to educate ourselves. It's one thing if you're just ignorant and you just like, oh, wow, let me tap in. Let me do my own research. And then it's one thing to be ignorant and stay ignorant. Like that's the choice that you right. And so so I quoted this after we got off the phone one day. I was like, this is Sabrina's quote. And I'm probably not going to get it exactly, but that what you said was so powerful to me. And I was like, I'm going to have to uh, quote this on the episode. And basically you were just like, um, you want to change the narrative around like our people, like black people. And I'm sure people in general, but specifically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, um, Hold on. Let me, let me pull it up. (laughs) You wrote, you wrote the note. I wrote it down. Okay. So. I'm going to keep it real with y'all. My computer died as soon as she was about to drop them gems. So basically, I'm just going to summarize what she said. And I do plan on doing a part two because there is so much more that we wanted to shed light on and also give you guys information. But my computer went dead because I had too much stuff on it. So this is what Sabrina said. And I quote, I do not wish enlightenment through trauma on anyone. Because I do not believe we have to go through struggle to have happiness. And she wanted to emphasize that we got to get out of our mind that we don't deserve it unless we went through something to get it. And she just also emphasized starting your days off in gratitude, which is something that I believe is super important as well. And um, yeah, like that definition really hit me to my core because we shouldn't have to go through trauma or like people say, oh, the struggle love. And that's even like if you talk in romantic relationships, any type of, you know, relationship in order to like we should not just have to go through so much strife and all of that just to get the shiny prize. Now, I'm not saying that the journey should be easy by any means. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that. It's one thing to be on a journey and stumble and learn as you go. But don't make that, well, I didn't really have too many stumbles or I didn't fall like in the depths of darkness and depression. So maybe I don't deserve it. Maybe that's not your story. Now, some people, they do fall into depression. They have to climb their way out. But other people, sometimes it's different things. You know, I feel like everybody is going to face their obstacles and just just. Living your own life, living your own path. And I think comparison really is what fuck people up. And yeah, so I just wanted to emphasize that because I thought that was a amazing point. 
And like I said, we do plan on doing a part two. And thank y'all for listening. And my heart um, is with those who have survived and thrived and are still here earthside with us today, being a cancer survivor, no matter what the story is. My heart goes out to families who have lost people due to cancer, um, you know, who've completed their earthly journey and a transition. I pray that when you think of them, you remember the happy thoughts. And I just pray that, um, you know, that you can still communicate with them. I believe that when people transition, there is a spiritual realm. I'm not going to dive into um, spirituality today, but I do believe that we can still communicate with our loved ones who are no longer on earth side. So um, just hold those memories with you um, and, and yeah, just honor them. And as always, peace and love. You can follow me on Instagram at underscore I am purpose. And I will also get Sabrina's email and her Instagram so I can leave it in the link below if you want to contact her. I'm so grateful that um, we were able to connect and have this episode and I look forward to doing a part two. So peace.